Welcome to the UK Consult Weekly Podcast with Jonathan Bradley and Elton Daddo, engagement practitioners and general consultation superheroes at Bang the Table in the UK. Hello and welcome to Jono and Elt's weekly ramble through all things online community engagement and public consultation. It's week 18 of the UK Consult podcast and it's the first time, Jono, that we've been on our own on a podcast since we had um, Charlie, our UK colleague, deputising on a couple of weeks. We had a really good special guest appearance last week. So what are we going to talk about this week? I don't know. We're really going to be off our sort of flow, aren't we? Uh, yeah, I mean, we don't prepare anyway, but... but they talk about, you know, like athletes and football players and things like that. And, yeah. Know, people, are, like... people are the peak of their game. They talk about flow, psychology, yeah. flow. I think we had flow, and now we might struggle a little bit this week. It's gone. And also, um, our marketing team, because they have to edit so heavily all of our content, it it's taken them quite a long time to do that. So they've moved us to a Wednesday recording slot. Yeah. So that's another curveball, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't even know you could do a podcast on a Wednesday. I thought it all... I didn't think that was possible. No, I just thought, like, we picked Thursday and that became the industry standard. So we may have yeah. To, yeah, we might have to check our application for the uh, British Podcast Awards to see if a Wednesday podcast is acceptable. I think it might be. And also, it's still going out to the public on the same day so it's just whether it's it's possible to record a you know like a world-class podcast on a wednesday or whether thursday is like you say it's that standard isn't it well pushed it out by time wise as well we've gone into past 12 o'clock normally we do it 11 on a wednesday so we are over the over the hump of the working week so yeah we're just about over aren't we yeah. i mean but i am getting quite hungry because it is time but we can we can overlook that but on that subject we did we when we had Anna in last week from Traverse we asked her a question about her favorite type of fries um, and she then reminisced about um, curly fries when she was younger and things like that and that was her vote so we extended that out to a global audience using a Twitter poll and I had quite a remarkable response so, I mean, we're talking double figures here. So it was 10. Oh. Vo- <laughs> and just a reminder of the options, it was crinkle cut, curly, straight, and skin on. And we know that Anna went for curly. What do you reckon the outcome was? I, I think I'm going to go curly. It, there's a novelty value, isn't there, with a curly fry? Ooh, there is. But I think that's it's interesting to analyse the outcome of this. So curly was actually third. Crinkle cut was second and straight was first. So skin on was last with 10%. Now, what that told me is people just want no-nonsense fries. They don't want a gimmick like, oh, oh it's cut in a certain shape or oh, we made it into a twisty, curly thing. And we definitely don't want the skin to be left on. We just want no-nonsense in a box, straight fries, done. Mm, that's fascinating. Because yeah. it also shows the limitations of a Twitter poll because... What I'd really like to know now, so if we were doing this on Engagement HQ, we'd probably switch to maybe like a a discussion forum so we could go a bit deeper into some of those. Why is there such a big preference for what you might call the more conservative of fries? Yeah, and and actually bringing in other circumstances as well. So if someone was going out for quite a posh meal and they were having like a really nice fillet steak, for example, in that circumstance, they might want a different type of fry. If they're really hungover on a Saturday morning, 
they might just want the bog standard straight. Oh, yeah. just give me a McDonald's and other fast food chains are available. Yeah. Give me a box of them. And, and that's what I'm happiest with, in, depending on the circumstances I'm in as well. Yeah, and on one of our project pages, we could also have given them some facts and information, backgrounds on each of the different type of fries, calorie content, who makes them, where they're made. Are there any yeah. ethical curly fries out there? You know, we could have given them a whole. That would have created more of an informed opinion that could have changed people's views and opinions. Yeah, and, and is that outcome of 10 votes even... Well, is it even legitimate? Because Anna immediately raised that her favourite last week were kimchi fries. Now, it might be that if we'd extended that and included other options as well, that, yeah. that even straight fries wouldn't have won. It's just that people didn't have the option to vote for the one they wanted, so they just picked second best. Yeah. It, do you know what? It actually reminds me of the planning white paper. All oh, right. What's the What's the link? Well, the government in their white paper and their public consultation on the future of planning in the UK, they are really stressing digital engagement which obviously we're really for yeah. but if we're not you know is twitter is a twitter poll digital engagement no it isn't and so i think and we're going to pick this up in a few weeks time i think you know when people are responding to that consultation that i think we need to be saying well great stuff yet yeah, more digital online participation is great for public engagement in planning but you can't just put it out there because people won't have enough of an understanding about what is good online public consultation and yeah. all the different dialogue methods and things like that. So yeah, it does. That's that's yeah. It's made me think of the planning white paper. I think I'm gonna. I think we should write something. I think we should respond to the consultation, not yeah. not as the, our podcast, but yeah, as bang the table. I think. Yeah, I mean, there's always a place for a quick poll, but it's not a standalone means of completing a consultation on the subject, like we like we just described with my Twitter poll, for example. You then need to delve a lot deeper using other sort of tools and deep engagement tools and things like that to find out um, more about why people's opinions came out in the Twitter poll in the way that they did, and was it a fair representation of the options that were available? Right, right. That's why we're here, Elson. Why we're here. It's why we do this podcast. See, we thought we were going to have nothing to talk about, and already we're well over schedule already, and we've got quite a lot to get through. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how we're going to do it. We can only try our best. We can only try. Now, as it's lunchtime, let's snack on a ruffle waffle for a minute. Um, any jokes this week? Uh, I have got one, actually. Oh, it's great. It's a press <laughs> from my wife's stepdad. Yeah. Uh, came in today at 9.03 on the joke. <laughs> joke hotline he only texts so it's always text messages but that's quite advanced what's the difference between ignorance and apathy well i don't know and i don't care i was just gonna say i don't know and then i was trying to put yeah trying to and think I, through, yeah. I, there, I realized it was all about delivery because if you just said i don't I'm, i don't know then i couldn't have said i don't know yeah, exactly. Would have ruined the flow. See, that's what I mean about flow. The flow is so important, isn't it? Now, mm. our colleague Charlie Amos here in the UK, she tried to usurp my joke by suggesting that I read one of hers out, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stick with the one I've got. Um, it is pretty awful, though. So I've been, I don't know if you know, I've been teaching my dog to play the flute on the underground. No, didn't know that. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And in 20 minutes, she's gone from barking to tooting.
Oh, no. No. Oh, it's going to be another tumbleweed. And actually, on reflection, I think Charlie's joke was better. I'll bring it in next week and I'll replace my joke with, with I Charlie. Want to encourage Charlie, you know. Yeah, well, on the, on the subject of, of Charlie, so a couple of weeks ago, we rebranded Bradley's Bangers of the Week to Charlie's Tunes of the Week. And we've decided unanimously, I think, as a team, haven't we, to stick with that now going we, forward. We have. Now, this week, she's been reliving Ace of Bass. I saw the sign, so I'll put that up in the blurb. And she's also invented her own dance routine for that which I'm hoping she might share with us at some point so we, we can put that in as a video link. And Ooh, she's, we could use back, what's it called? Uh, show my age now. What's it called? We could see if we can get it on um, TikTok. <gasps> yes. What's that? No, I've never heard of it. <laughs> Sounds, but everyone's doing it. You have to put your dance on it. Oh, brilliant. Oh, yeah. Well, we can definitely get her to do that. Other social media platforms are available. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one she's been getting down with is Lane 8, Apes and Children, mm. which sounds interesting. I've not listened to it yet, but I'm going to put that up as well because I've got the video ready to go. And I've been enjoying the fact it's, it's gone towards summer again, hasn't it? So summer's come back in. So I've been listening to Seb Fontaine, Global Underground Prototype 2 from the 90s. Oh, nice. Put that all in as well. I'm not going to add in that anything in this week because I'm sticking with Charlie, Charlie's tunes. Charlie's tunes, yeah, we'll I, listen to I those. Into the radio, the what the wireless. Um, <laughs> That's showing your age. <laughs> but uh, I haven't really, nothing's really grabbed me. I'm doing a lot of house at the moment. I don't know why. I think that's maybe your your sort, sort of like influence from some of the things you shared and Charlie. Yeah, and other people from the, the global band the table team on our songs channel in Slack are putting all sorts of things out, and that's yeah. that's it's always worth going through there and listening to yeah. some of that as well. Um, we need a Spotify list, don't we? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we need a bang the table global Spotify um, playlist. That'd be a really good idea. I think that we'll get music sharing platforms are available, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll choose that one. Yeah. <laughs> Now, in terms of emerging themes and trends, um, I know we wanted to give some shout outs this week to some fantastic work that's been going on. And just this very day, our own content writer, um, well, principal writer and editorial director, Sally Hussey, based over in Australia for Bang the Table, this week published an article on rapid online deliberation, which our avid listeners will know relates to what Anna from Traverse was talking about last week, that project we did with Involve and the Ada Lovelace Institute. So we've got a full article written up by Sally on that, um, which has gone out on LinkedIn and Twitter today as well. Elton, that makes it sound like we planned it. Well, no, Sally planned it. No, no, we didn't plan anything for this. Right. Like, as service to our listeners, they get they get a guest speaker, and then a week later, they get an, a published article about yeah. the same. Thing. I mean, that's pretty good going. That's brilliant going. Yes, it sounds sounds really professional, but it's entirely in the planning of of Sally, I think, <laughs> yeah. rather than us. It's a podcast coincidence. <laughs> it's a pod coincidence. Pod coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> And you wanted to give a shout out as well, didn't you, to someone? To our very own uh, Carla Toyne. Yes, Princess yeah. Warrior. 
Yes. Well, what's happened is we've had lots of interest from the local NHS, the clinical com- clinical commissioning groups and the integrated care systems and all those things. So different parts of the NHS looking to carry on um, their patient and public involvement work, looking to um, involve people in changes to services and all those sorts of things. So they too have started doing more of it online. They, 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 they want to use Engagement HQ. And the reality of the situation is that the NHS is really busy. You know, we know they are. And they've, you know, it's the whole yeah. sort of key worker thing, everybody doing their bit, doing what they can. So Carla stepped right in there and has built a lot of the projects and pages and sites for our NHS clients and worked, you know, worked hard at getting them ready to launch. So in the Brilliant. next week or so, we're going to have lots of more examples of how people can use Engagement HQ for patient and public involvement in the UK. So well done, Carla. Well done, Carla. That's absolutely fantastic. I'm really looking forward to seeing some of those those launches. I know a couple are already up, but we can obviously bring them to the global audience's attention in our project launches of the week. Yeah. Uh, anything else that's sprung to mind or caught your eye this week? A lot of our clients are using their sites to not just do formal public consultation, but actually to talk about things like climate change. Right, yeah. There's, there's a lot of hubs, there's climate, climate change hubs, so that enables them to have multiple projects within the hub, and there's a lot of climate change projects. So hundreds of local authorities across the UK have signed the climate emergency. I can't remember what it's called now, but they've agreed to um, agree that there's a climate emergency and they've got lots of things going on in their local areas. They want to involve and engage the public in how they how they tackle the climate crisis. And uh, it's great to see that happening on our sites. And at the same time, we've also got all the transforming city projects and programs out there and we've got quite a few clients who are saying right if we're going to change our travel corridors if we're going to improve cycle paths and walkways and we're going to respond to COVID-19 by transforming our cities the way that the sort of government has has indicated then we want to do good good community engagement so we're seeing quite a few of those projects emerge on our sites as well so it's great to see our colleagues and professionals out there actually responding in such a great way. Oh, no, you see, now it's going to, I mean, it is really good, but it's going to sound like we've prepared again because my project launch in Engagement HQ of the week is a corridor study. So it sounds like you've kind of teed me up for it on purpose, but we didn't, wow. we really didn't, did we? We really did not. I mean, <laughs> look at that for flow. I know. I know it's like a natural flow that hasn't been prepared at all. We genuinely didn't prepare that. It's um, such a that no one's going to believe us. I know, because we've mentioned it before, it's like crying wolf now, isn't it? Yeah, we're going to have no. to be like sort of like a magic show, like David, is it David Blaine, where you're going to have yeah. to go into like a room for a week and we're not allowed to talk to each other and I'll have to go in a room and then we'll do the podcast and then we'll see if the same synchronicity, the same flow arrives and then we can prove to people that we don't prepare. Yeah. Right. It'll be like a cabinet meeting. Loads of people sat in a room who aren't allowed to talk to each other. No, we can't get political, though. No politics, <laughs> no, no politics here. But, yeah, the Project Centre A308 corridor study really caught my eye this week, not least because it's got a brilliant banner image at the top. But they've outlined it really clearly, and it's around the Royal Borough of Windsor and Maidenhead submitting its borough local plan to the planning inspectorate for examination. 
and it's making basically a provision for at least 14,000 new homes and 11,000 new jobs during that plan period and they're doing a lot of development around the Maidenhead area and then along that corridor. What I loved most about it was their use of the mapping tool but they've also got some really really good use of information widgets in Engagement HQ like the FAQs, they've got their key dates, project milestones which they've overtyped from our lifecycle widget um, around the phases of consultation. They put a really neat image of a map up in the description of the project but yeah their use of our mapping tool the interactive map is really good so i'll put the project main page in the blurb a link to that and then a direct link to the, the map and um, looks quite different to a lot of other uses of the mapping tool actually but really struck by the use of a lot of different pins and i know we've alluded to this with I think it was West Yorkshire Combined Authority around their safe streets use of the mapping tool. Similar to that in terms of um, raising things like cycling issues, bus issues, road safety, trains, walking, connectivity, journey times, traffic, loads of different things they've put on there. Um, and there's already a lot of engagement with that as well. So I'll put a direct link to the map in there. Massive shout out to Project Centre for that. And, and this is so linked to the planning white paper. It specifies yeah. the ability of people to engage this way, exactly that way, just like our places tool, you know. So it's great to see that there's already practice out there before the government's even made sort of any decisions on what, you know, what comes out of the white paper. So, yeah, you know, it'd be good if we can respond to that and include some of these examples. So that's a note for me. Yeah, definitely. And they're all approaching, for example, exactly the same type of issue. But the actual outcome and the output in terms of the way they then use the mapping tool to do it looks completely different. So yeah. It looks very different to West Yorkshire Combined Authority's use of the mapping tool, even though it's addressing largely exactly the same types of issues. So it's, yeah, really, really cool. We'll put that up in the blurb. Now, you gave me some homework quite a long time ago around the letter K from Carol E. Wires book which was Corfball so that's K-O-R-F-B-A-L-L -L. and I had no idea what it was although I guessed it might be some sort of sport or some sort of really horrible disease <laughs> <laughs> but I, I went with sport and I, I googled it um, confident that it would be that and it was so a corf so here's a fun fact for you a corf is Dutch for basket so it operates along the same lines as basketball and netball, but it's wow. a dynamic controlled contact mixed gender team sport that originates from the Netherlands and is played in over 50 countries. So yes, yeah, aspects of netball, handball and basketball. Yeah. See, when I set you that challenge out, I actually secretly knew that it was more popular than people might initially believe. Did you? Yeah. Oh, have you played it? No. Well, I've had a go like, on my own. In, in my <laughs> <laughs> solo, solo corf ball you play yeah, with a basket and a bit of rolled up paper did you win yeah <laughs> <laughs> brilliant um you can't but, play a game on your own and lose that's, that's really, <laughs> like, really self-destructive isn't it that would be a Meldrew moment lost lost to myself at corf ball i can see that coming in well, i do remember when i was growing up i used to play a lot of tennis and as a sort of 11 or 10 or 11 or 12 year old, if I go out to find my mate, Paul Patterson, so we could have a lot with tennis and uh, he wasn't there, I'd end up playing against a wall and you always lose at tennis against a wall. Yeah, flies straight back over your head into a tree. Yeah. Or... You never beat a wall at tennis. It's not. No. 
But maybe Paul Patterson was playing with me at the time, and that's why he didn't turn up because I used to play tennis with someone by the same name. So, no way. Yes. That is amazing. It's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> but then he didn't turn up to some of my games, so maybe we were just sharing Paul um, during that time. I'll have to ask him now. <laughs> but, but anyway, in terms of course ball then, so you can do it as a Judge Jono. So it's got, I looked at the England course ball site. It's really well laid out. It doesn't look that dissimilar to an Engagement HQ project page at, at first glance. They've got what look like our information type widgets down the side where they use a lot of video-based content. They've got a promotional video in the middle that you can sit and watch as well. And you can sign up to their newsletter. And then at the top, it had all these other buttons you could click on around competitions, calendars. And it's like, get involved. I was like, oh, here we go. This is yeah, there it was. You get, I get excited when I see that button. Yeah, get involved. And then, again, it's very visual, and they've got a lot of buttons that you can click through and images and things like that. And then it says whether it's coaching, youth involvement, or just wanting to get to see a game, this is the section that can help. Choose from one of the options below. And then, basically, you click through whether you want to be a referee, youth, anything like that, and it just takes you through to... Um, some kind of form with a bit more information that you can submit to register your interest and that's it yeah you see you can't it's like an information page isn't it you can't why not have something on there for people to get involved yeah could have had the questions tool what are your questions about are you new to corporal submit your question here yeah because i hadn't heard of it and therefore i'm anticipating a lot of other people hadn't but it's been around since the end of the second world war Tell us your stories about Corfball. Then someone else comes along who's never played it, and they're like, oh, look at this person's story about Corfball. I might give it a go. Yeah. Discussion forum amongst Corfball players. Yeah. Yeah. Tactics and things like that as well. Tactics, policy, training. Yeah. And also raising awareness, because I didn't know in Corfball you can score a basket or score a, um, a goal or whatever it might be called from behind the line. So there's no, there isn't like normally in like netball or something or basketball, obviously where the basket is, there's a line and then it's out of bounds yeah. after that. You can score from behind it. So it's like, it hasn't got a back, it hasn't got a back wall or anything. Did they just forget to include that one in the rule book? I bet they did. Yeah. Just like, yeah. and they left it as it was. Or yeah. Was, was it deliberate? So what do you make of that in terms of a verdict? I'm not, I'm not prepared to give one because I think they have a different sort of, uh, definition of, in, of the word involve and yeah. um, I think it would be unfair to punish them too harshly but it would be nice to raise you know you know maybe just drop them a line and say why don't you think about adding a bit more participation to your site you don't have to mention these legal proceedings <laughs> well I don't have to actually write like a, a writ <laughs> court no. writ <laughs> UK consult Oh God! If they could, imagine how terrified they'd be, because obviously they'll all listen to this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they'd be like, "Oh no, not him! I've heard him judge. I've heard him preside over a number of suspended sentences on other people's sites. This is serious." Yeah. <laughs> now, did did you have moving swiftly on any stats of the week this week? I've got three, and I'm I'm going to do one longer than the others and then the other two i'll just throw in uh, out of interest because i know we're not really meant to have three and obviously the edit our editor's getting a bit harsh now isn't 
isn't he? Yeah, he, he takes 90% of it out. <laughs> so we better speed up. 34, Elson. What is significant about the number 34? Is it the number of minutes it takes to cook some chips? I'm getting really hungry. <laughs> I reckon there are normally oven chips or... 25, that's 25, isn't it? Yeah, you'd be closer than 25. Yeah. It is. the 30, It's 34 years... And that is the um, the amount of time that an adult, UK adult, will spend staring at a screen in their lifetime, according to a recent poll of May 2020. Wow. And I wonder how different that would have been if you conducted the same poll in 1995. Yeah. Completely different. Look at that. 34 years. Now, my angle on this is that maybe wouldn't it be good if some of that time was spent getting involved, having their say on quality, in quality public participation, in planning, in climate change, etc. Yeah. If people are staring at their, at their screens for that long, you know, that's where we need to be. That's where local councils need to be, the NHS, government departments. They need to be, you know, fighting for some of that time and saying, hey, 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 we know you're online. Let's um, come and have your say, get involved. And, and we could then term that as something like positive screen consumption. So you yeah. could almost pigeonhole yeah. things into being really, really negative yeah. use of time. Yeah. That's negative, doesn't it? 34 years on screen. Well, not if people are doing good things as well. I mean, obviously, a lot of that's going to be working, but, you know, what is a lot of it's going to be spare time. And, yeah. You know, so if we make it interesting and engaging and it's and there's an out there's you know we do feedback and there's a point in taking part then i think people will share some of that screen time with their local council and their local housing associations and and, and yeah and help and what have you so yeah my other numbers are uh, 31 times the word engagement appears in the planning white paper but only once is there a mention of public consultation so make of that what you will, maybe a topic for another day. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's so much to get into. Yeah, yeah. No, sorry. Yeah, interrupted you then. But um, and it's because we haven't been on together for so long. I've got so much to say, Alton. So, <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> I was going to talk over you. Um, 4,160 is my last stat because thinking about the amount of time staring at a screen, I thought, oh, what about something else? And my rough calculations is, is, and I've done this before, because it was bin day yesterday, and I've started counting down in bin days. So in your in an average lifetime of, say, 80 years, if that is right, there's 4,160 bin days that you have to put your bin out. And uh, I thought that was a fascinating number because there's not very many, is it? And, um, yeah. and if for the first 20 years you don't put your bin out, so say you only take responsibility for your bin at 20, just say... And that takes about a thousand out, I think. Yeah. But at the moment, I'm really sort of like thinking, gosh, I've got that many bin days left. And that's what I think about when I put the bin out. 4,160. Are you crossing them off like a chart? And then no. obviously you don't know how many you have to do it for, so it's quite hard. Uh, and if you count recycling, there's only once every two weeks. I mean, that's even less. Yeah. But then you've got garden bin as well. Now, I have to do that every other week as well. So I have to do three bin... I have to do three lots of bins every two weeks. Uh, your, the way that you can look at your lifespan is a bit different to mine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit worried about analysing it now. Yeah. 
on that point though there was there has been a lot of public consultation on bin days where you know um, should they have fortnightly waste collection yeah. should should recycling be weekly loads of fascinating case studies in there in terms of how to really upset your local population yeah yeah this is something that's really important to people isn't it yeah so we'll get some i think we'll get over time we'll we'll get a few um bin day case studies so we we will promise to come back to a consultation on waste collection one day we will yeah my stat of the week was what do brits working from home actually miss about the workplace and what do you think the percentage 66 percent was biscuits no it was seeing work friends and colleagues oh isn't that nice yeah Aww. um 49% face-to-face meetings, 38% office gossip, 31% buying lunch out. Then it went down, things like sometimes leaving early, putting on business attire. This is getting lower, by the way, as we go. Now, this was an interesting one. Your boss's jokes, only 13% missed their boss's jokes, and that's what they missed about the workplace. So if, I, if we put that in the context of our UK team and you as the boss, say we've got five or six of us here, that means one out of us, wouldn't miss your jokes now who do we reckon that i think it might be carla what do you think mm, not sure i can't say me because you are my boss so i have to pretend that i'm in there in the other bucket who would miss them yeah i don't know if anyone would actually no so that might be an anomaly then it might be yeah yeah ours, ours is an anomaly at bang the table whereby all of us would miss that yes exactly 100 percent. and only five percent missed the smell of the office yeah and office office decor like plastic plants it's a bit bizarre all those people that miss, that miss meetings yeah they miss face-to-face -face meetings yeah Gosh. but um, i know you're a big fan of zoom aren't you and, and other massive. yeah there was a study not long ago by the economist that like i don't know hardly anything really ever comes out of face-to-face -face meetings and yet they're missed yeah yeah people miss them People missed ah there see I was right they missed them because they missed the biscuits at the meetings yeah yes so there could be links between that but also it might be that they work for an organisation that has and there are you know it's possible to have really productive face to face meetings and you know really good culture around that maybe it's those people who are right in it rather than the people who are dragged into endless face to face meetings they probably sit on the other fifty percent right I think there's a lot in it there's a lot more we could drill down into drill down. Um, engagement hq on that yeah oh, yeah we could we could definitely engage with hq the life out of that, those that. um now did you have any military moments this week i don't know why i even ask well you know this i was going to say this last week but obviously we have a guest so i didn't really want to be too grumpy but um masks face masks why has there been no public engagement in when and where to wear them not just the principle of like the law but yeah. more sort of like as a society. So is it acceptable to have the, I'm going to wear it just over one ear hanging down. Is that acceptable? Yeah. Uh, the under the nose, just round the mouth look, you know, is mm -hmm. that acceptable? Uh, do you wearing a face mask whilst driving? Is, yeah. Should we be doing that? I don't know. I've seen it happen. And, and then face masks outdoors. That's that happening as well. And I'm not being mean here to, vulnerable people but there's kind of a there's kind of a like the over the air one really throws me 
just yeah. hanging loosely down, not really being a mask. So a mask by form and function, but not actually being a mask, being more of a earring. Yeah, and almost just being a box ticking exercise. Oh, well, I've fulfilled the criteria. No one will have a go at me. I can just yeah. get on with it. I've got two more things on that subject that will really make you grumpy. So there's a broad TV broadcaster and a radio presenter called Emma Kenny. <laughs> And now she put something on Twitter. She's been talking a lot about masks. And there was someone who put a picture on um, a video of himself on Twitter yesterday. And he was someone who vapes. So he took a mass, he put his mask on, he took a massive cloud of vape, then put his mask on, then breathed it out. It's quite interesting watching the plumes of smoke just go absolutely everywhere. You know, you can imagine if that was particles. Oh. Of, he'd obviously got to put an ill fitting mask poorly, you know poorly put on he wasn't wearing it right and that made me quite grumpy but the other thing that made that will make you really grumpy as well i was in waitrose and other supermarkets are available and there were only four of us in the store including one cashier and i was the only person wearing a mask last weekend oh other other shops are available but <laughs> what's only person i was in i was a minority mask wearer oh so i wonder what the odds of that are I mean, it's only a small group of people, but yeah, and and then a few other people came in after I walked out, and they all had masks, so it was just timing, I think. That but moment in time, you felt quite vulnerable. I felt really vulnerable, yeah. Uh, yeah, I only went in to get some milk. Goodness me. Other, other cold drinks are available. <laughs> oh, no, it's not a brand, I can say. No, you can say that. Milk's great. We love milk. Oh, yeah. No. But no, there are, because there's oat milk, almond milk. Yeah. Other types of non-milk milks. Yeah. Going back to the vaping thing, I've I've always been quite interested in vaping. I've never given it a go, so I, now might be a, t a chance to do a bit of vaping with my, and do recreate the experiment. Yeah, there's loads of flavours available. Just 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 fill up a tank with some menthol and fruit type stuff, and then just have a go. Yeah. <laughs> Encouraging people to take up vaping. The, if there's anyone under the age of sixteen listening, we're not endorsing vaping. <laughs> As, but as a solid, well, only for scientific research around how good your mask is. So yes. it's a way of you testing the quality of your mask yourself and how well it's attached to you. So I think we have to say to our listeners, do not try this at home. No, <laughs> might not be a good idea. In terms of my Meldrew moments, oh, I am really grumpy about dog walkers. I've just about had enough of them now. Oh, why is that? Their attempts to clear up dog mess are absolutely... Oh, right, listen's right. You must have seen this. What is the point of putting dog mess in a plastic bag, so it's not recyclable or anything like that, and then throwing it in a hedge? Yeah, I know. I'm with you. I am a dog walker, and I cannot understand. Sometimes throwing it high in a hedge. So it's not yeah. even hidden in the hedge. It's hanging there like a... Like yeah, a, in your know. face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in your face it's like great so i'm not going to tread on it but now it looks like a christmas tree hanging with loads of baubles of bags of dog mess brilliant oh, very worthy of being a grumpy moment uh, back to work grumpiness lack of standards on for online consultation i'm just going to say it. you know where do people where do all these people who are new to the world of online consultation because of covid19 where do they go to for an independent viewpoint of what's good and what's bad who do they turn to? Us, normally. Well, yeah, but you know, they, they, there should be there should be some kind of reference point, like yeah, 
Oh, there's a lot to be grumpy about this week, oh, isn't it? Grumpiness in there. Char- if Charlie or Anna were here, they'd hopefully do something about that. Yeah, yeah, it would go back to Charlie's chirps again, wouldn't it? Yeah. Straight away. Okay, well, what about the letter L then in terms of How Not to Murder Your Grumpy by Carol E. Wire? What do you fancy setting me for this week? Um, I Love. think we're going to go for local history. Local history. How can I get involved in local history? And I'll yeah. use my residence of East Sussex to investigate that. that yeah. Sounds, yeah, that sounds good. Because I bet you could bring in like the National Trust, English yeah. Heritage. There's a lot of heritage stuff in the planning white paper. Yeah. On the surface of it, it sounds a bit, oh, what's going to be in there? But even just that little bit of um, ideation by us two there. Um, yeah, we come up with a list of avenues for you to explore. No, that sounds great. I will research it as always. Well, I don't do much research for this, but I'll do a tiny little bit of research just for this part. And in the words of our favourite comedian Bob Mortimer, who does Train Guy, you are as always a crispy pigeon. And until next time. Until next time. Thank you for tuning in to the UK Consult. Join us for future conversations each week as we continue to explore the tremendous, meaningful and ever-evolving world of digital consultation and community engagement. You can view additional educational resources at bangthetable.com.